Haramai ki hauraki, he oute te a fair. Come to hauraki where the oute plant is undisturbed. No mai haramai. Welcome to this podcast series, Nga Poito o te Kupinga o Taramainuku, Islands of the Hauraki Gulf. Waiheke librarian Julia Mount talks with lifetime resident Colin Gordon about his family's Waiheke farming history and his personal mission to build a road in the 1950s, bring access to the Whakaneafar region. My full name is William James Colin Gordon and my date of birth is the 1st of the 3rd of 32. Why did you make the road? I made the road to get my children to school without sending them to boarding school. I went to boarding school myself. So times had changed and there was no public road to where we were so we joined up a lot of farm tracks and uh, I got in and out with an old jeep to get the kids to school. I had five children and and I had the the first three children were under two years old when we had them because we had one child and then we had a set of twins. So I was sort of involved in, in rearing the children to some extent. Well, it was there were bits of road there anyway and, and uh, it didn't really take a long time. We just kept improving it over the years. Uh, um, I never had any machinery, but uh, I used to hire machines to, to uh, bulldoze the roads and then metalling the road. I actually metal most of the road with shell originally off, off the beach at Rocky Bay when I was going to and from school in the old jeep which, which had a, a tray on the back of it. I used to put shell on the road to keep it going. Later, later years as the time went on we uh, got a lot of metal out of Rocky Bay Quarry. I took, I got about, I think, I estimated at about 6,000 yards of metal out of that quarry over the period of time. It kept the road working. Well, my, my children were born in, in the 50s and early 60s. So you can work it out from that. It was 54, 56, 60 and 63. The, uh, one, the bulldozer that made most of the roads around the farm, on my farm and out those ways, was um, the, the bulldozer that made the road to Rocky Bay. Yeah, it, it was an international bulldozer and it built the whole road to Rocky Bay, the, the batters and all. He was a very good driver, Bill McPherson, and he, he, he sort of rode it a lot of Waiheke over the years. What would have been the hardest thing about making the road? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Paying for the bulldozer. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of money about those days. And I actually, uh, when I took over the farm, I uh, started commercial fishing to support the help to support the farm. 
right? My uh, sister used to milk dairy cows, but when I took over, I did away with the dairy cows. My sister used to milk 25 dairy cows by hand and uh, the, the make, it, make the milk into cream and the cream was shipped to Auckland twice a week. What was the most rewarding part of having this road for you? Getting the children to school. <laughs> Actually, the, the first one that started school um, stayed... We got very fr- we were very friendly with the teacher at, at the primary school at Austin, who was Roma Reedy, and, and he used to stay with her during the week. Uh, and come home at the weekends, but only the, the first one. When there were more kids going to school, they they uh, came home every day. That had been a mission getting them to and from. It was. A, there was a lot of time involved with it because I was sort of meddling the road a lot of the time by hand. And the, Tray the old jeep sort of thing to and from school. I used to put the shell on pretty thin, but uh, if you stuck to the shell carefully, it didn't chew the road up, and, and, and the shell was enough to keep it going. So, what difference did the road make to the entire Fokanifa area? Well, it it. it made it so that everyone could drive out on the island uh, without having to... We used to originally have to go by boat everywhere. The boats are called at the wharf two or three times a week. But uh, after we had the road out, we could go out up to the top end without having to go by water. Was that the wharf just down... Down the hill there? There was a wharf on the point here. Right. Um, did you, when you were building the road, did you choose a particular time of year to be building it? Yeah, mostly it was done in, in the drier weather. Uh, minimum use in the wet weather when you could damage it. Uh, before we, we had access out, after we were, took the kids to school, we could go out to the pictures, which was a real th- something different to do. But before that, we actually went to the pictures by boat. We used to go to Manawar Bay, the army camp, by by boat. We we had an old dinghy, Dad's old old fourteen foot punt. It was the only boat I had in those days. And uh, we had friends that, that stayed down here and through them I got an old outboard. And we used to go to Manawar Bay. It took an hour and 20 minutes with a two-and-a-half-horse Johnson. And uh, my mother used to come with me most of the time. And we'd come home after the pictures and get home in the early hours of the morning. And we went through all weathers, 
I, I've actually been out when I could barely see my mother in the front of the boat. It was so rough. Um, How did she feel about that? She, she trusted me completely. She, she was quite happy to go with me anywhere. Um, and, and it was a bit dicey at times, but we never had any serious trouble at all. But um, when I think back, uh, the people would be horrified nowadays <laughs> if they saw what we did. But uh, we accepted it. That's the way things were those days. Um, the, were the pictures at Manawar Bay? You know, the army camp was at Manawar Bay. Oh. There, there was quite an army camp, and, and there was a village there for the, for the uh, officers, and that they used to holiday there, I think, and that. Because... Um, there was senior officers there in the summertime, and, and Farley Scott built me a, a speedboat, and I used to tow them, the officers, and, and Selwyn Toogood used to stay there. I used to tow him around. I, I think that sometimes there was more wash off the, off the board that, that I towed around than there was off the boat. <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun was had. Was it your father who brought the family across? No, the, 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 we originate back to McLeod, Timatuka Bay, or McLeod's Bay. My my grandmother was a McLeod. She was born in Timatuka Bay in 1854, and Dad was born in 1877. We. Uh, we used to go everywhere on horseback, where there was all different ways of riding through the island that you can't, you certainly couldn't ride now. It's all closed up and it's all changed. But uh, yeah, everything was either on horseback or foot, or by boat, that is, by small boat around the island. I used to, farming wise, if stock got uh, through fences and times, generally once a year you'd, you'd have a, different farmers would have a, a roundup with uh, where you got the fence, the sheep that that strayed together, and, and you'd go round the island in, in the dinghy and tie them up and bring them home. It was the easiest way because of the distances and and the ways through. It was easier to tie them up because the the um, yards and things were all on the foreshore for shipping the wool and stuff out. So the yards were there and you could just pick the sheep up, just tie them up and bring them home. And you didn't have any trouble getting them there. Yeah. So you said that your sister was um, hand milking 25 dairy cows. That's right. Um, were there, so for you was it, was the focus very much on sheep, or did you occasionally have cows in as well? Well, I had I had run cattle, beef right. cattle. I had beef cattle and sheep, and, and I gave up the, the cows completely milking-wise. Uh, later years, for a while, I had goats. My, my wife, a, 
had goats, fibre goats, and we had some milking goats. And, and for a few years we milked goats, not, not for commercial use, but for our own use. But I got rid of all the goats eventually. Yeah, I hear they can be even harder to keep in, than, than sheep, so... Yes, they, they can be, but uh, ours were pretty good. They were fairly well behaved. But they destroyed the cliffs, so I stopped putting them anywhere where they could get round the cliffs because they damaged the cliffs and the, and the flora and fauna and stuff, and it all runs away. And so it's, you've got to be careful where you put them because they, they eat all the rubbish and stuff which is good for getting rid of weeds, but not, not in places that, are, that can be damaged. And, uh, and it was amazing really because you'd go up around the cliff and the goat would run out along a pitakawa tree that grows out off the bank on a steep face and just run right out to the end of it. It was terrifying really. And then they never ever fell off. And I've actually chased them around the rocks with the dog and they'll go up the cliff, up, up a, a cliff that's not got anything much, appears to have nothing to hold on to, just sort of rock and stone and that. And, and they go right up the cliff, right up to the top. Not a trouble at all. A dog would try to follow them and it would fall off because it just couldn't hang on there. But, uh, yeah, we eventually sold all the... And they, they went to a, a facility in, uh, down the Bay of Plenty where they did get goats there for slaughter. And trucks came up from down there and we took them across on our own barge and shipped them out from Maraitai. They had a lot of photographs of it because it was different. A, a load of goats were very unusual. <laughs> there was a wharf here. It was one of the early wharves on Waiaki because the Northern Steamship Company built it. And uh, there was a boarding house here. My aunties ran. and and. People used to come, some of the Prime Ministers and that of New Zealand have holidayed here. Cards, what, what, what do you call them? Postcards of, of photos of, of people coming to, to Aura for the day. Um, they had played Ringer Ringer Rosie and all sorts of games and things on the, on the foreshore. And uh, the wharf originally, I never saw it, originally was, the end was twice as big, but they had a fire on it, so they made it smaller, apparently. But there, I've se had seen photos of three Northern Company boats tied to the wharf. That's like coastal ships. Wow. That was when roads out of Auckland were, were such that you could go by boat to places, but you couldn't go far by road. Mm. It was all mud. Not sure of the Coromandel part. In my time, there was a Coromandel shipping company. Yeah. We used to use them a lot. They, they were a good 
service, Coromandel service. They used to bring our supplies regularly every week. So did you normally use your own barge? Uh, no, the, my uncle, um, Jock McKinnon and the Rahiri, did the most of the stock for years. Was that your uncle? Yeah. He was married to, to my auntie, one of, one of the, my dad's sisters. Dad had a lot of sisters. A lot of the, a lot of the different farmers were related through the marriages in the early days. You can visit the exhibition Ngā Poitō to Kuping of Taramainuku, the islands of the Hauraki Gulf, at Tamaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library, from the 4th of March till the end of June 2021. If you'd like to hear more of what Auckland Libraries has to offer on our podcast platform, click follow to receive notifications when we publish new material. Hey Kona. <laughs>